and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with Justin McClue and Colin Cunningham. And this week we uh, did a Sean Connery theme. That's the theme of back, the week. Back to Harry Back. Oh. <laughs> Is that the thing that you associate the most with Sean Connery? It's a Harry Back. Yeah, no, a not... hairy Harry chest. A, a, a hairy accent, everything. Harry accent? Like... Oh, everybody knows his accent. <laughs> his Sean Connery. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's known to be not able to hide his accent. I don't I think say. he even tries. I believe he has probably in film history, <laughs> but I can't remember where. We've got to go back. But it, <laughs> I read a quote from John Boorman today. Mm-hmm. He was saying, because they became good friends on our first movie, and uh, he, he said he asked him why didn't he try different accents, and he said, John, if I did an accent, a different accent, I wouldn't remember who I was. <laughs> so he'd be like, who am I? Like who Jackie Chan. Part of his identity. Why? Who's this Russian accent coming yeah. out of my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got to kill I, it. Wait a minute. Didn't he do a Russian accent in a, a submarine movie? Uh, oh, you're Hunt for Red October. Hunt for Red October? He no. does not because no. they speak Russian in that film and then at a certain point they're like, ah, screw this and they, everybody switches yeah. to English. Oh. But even his Russian is spoken in his Scottish accent. Of course. But he can't help it. Uh, so the first movie we watched is the very well-known movie Zardoz um, was requested several times and I had never seen it I'd seen clips of it because like it's fairly popular I think people know it like it's Mm kind of in the cultural zeitgeist I I think everybody would probably just know the picture of Sean Connery Mm -hmm. in his costume for the film was him standing on a beach which how would you describe it Justin Uh, he's wearing a thong (laughs) a red thong and he's holding a pistol and there's a flying head in the background and then he's got like red bandoliers Mm-hmm. bullet bandoliers I mean it's when you think of like silly movie it's the first thing that always comes up people yeah. are always like Zardoz mostly from people who haven't seen the film no mo- uh, anytime I've seen people like post the picture on Twitter or whatever it's just funny on its own it's like look Sean Connery's on a funny you know mm-hmm. yeah, outfit funny, funny name too so you know I think yeah. people maybe don't know because uh the rumors are true. This is not a bad movie. It's actually pretty good. <gasps> what are we doing talking about it then? It, it is a weird movie. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got a lot of weird elements, and it does have some elements that uh, like are in other bad movies that we watch, mm-hmm. but it all kind of comes together very well, and it's, it's a very watchable movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I knew nothing about it, really. Like I didn't really know the plot at all. I knew there was a kind of Wizard of Oz twist, but mm-hmm. that turns out to be not that important in the grand scheme of things but um watching it the first time last night i mean we turned to april and it's like i kind of actually like that yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like a little bit scared you're like oh april i like april. this Is they're gonna okay? come for me oh no <laughs> But yeah, I think that it's more of like known now as kind of like a cult movie than mm-hmm. like a famously bad movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of things like go against it, which is m- mostly the outfit and the, the weird name <laughs> and a giant floating head that talks in a crazy voice, which is just the beginning of the movie. I mean, it goes way to, to way different places after yeah. that. I mean, it's like super weird. Mm-hmm. And Borman says that this actually came out of because he was making a Lord of the Rings film and the budget was going to be mm-hmm. so massive. Right. That they're like, okay, you need to do something else. And he was coming off Deliverance, which was a massive hit. So Mm -hmm. he basically had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'm going to make this big metaphysical sci-fi thing. Mm -hmm. And the story goes that he told the Fox executive, you have two hours to read the script. (laughs) And you have to say yes or no. And that's all I want to hear from you. You have to say yes or no within 20 minutes. Yes, after reading reading the script. script. (laughs) Which is probably the craziest script he ever read. Because I was surprised that this wasn't based on like a pulpy sci-fi fantasy novel. Mm -hmm. I was shocked to hear that he wrote this script. From Written scratch. by Michael Moorcock. 
Elric the Unready. You never heard of Michael Moorcock? No. He wrote like hundreds of novels, usually broken up into three to five. So it'd be like uh, Hawk Moon and stuff like that. And it just was endless. The Eternal Champion. Did they ever make any movies based on these books? They did not, but they tried really, really. Elric, have you ever heard that name? Elric, no. It's like a white albino swordsman. That's like a big famous fantasy character. Maybe it was more of a UK thing. I have a lot of his books on my shelf. Yeah. No, I've never heard of him. He's famous for being a novelist that would write a book in three days. And that he had, yeah, novels. He had it all planned out. And he would, but he would also write these like trite fantasy novels and also these like really weird metaphysical James Bond parodies of a character named Jerry Cornelius. And there is a movie based on him that came out in the 70s. Yeah. This is great. First I've heard about this. So this is like the vein that Zardoz is like. Smoking up very seventies, seventies sci-fi, like dripping off of this movie. Yeah, it gets very like psychedelic at times and very trippy. You gotta and... turn the black light on, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But as far as like uh, you know, kind of like bad movie things, I felt like the acting in this movie. Everybody was like all the main characters were good, but like mm-hmm. I didn't like the extras were pretty cheesy. A lot of them, like anybody who didn't have like a speaking part, essentially, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you mean all the kind of like dirty bad. people that were trying to get into the them, uh, the, them, the crazy cult people? Like uh-huh. they're all kind of pulling these weird faces and stuff. Like and I'm trying, I'm like trying to find things that like I don't like about this movie because I actually really liked it. We should set it up a little bit that the movie starts with a bunch of uh, men in th- red thongs mm-hmm. are in front of a giant floating skull that says guns are good penis bad and then it vomits a bunch of guns and then um, Sean Connery picks the gun up and just to let you know this is going to be a commentary on entertainment he points the gun at the camera like the great train robbery and pulls the trigger that was cool and actually that happened I'm like this is so fucking cool like I love this movie you weren't like like the train coming at you no I was like checking my chest and I was like like, April call 911 I've been shot like to be honest there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie so I don't even know it would probably take too long to try and describe the plot I mean basically it's a society of people who can live forever the live eternals in a, live in a bubble mm-hmm. and Sean Connery who's like a they call him like a brutal the brutal yeah he's a brutal uh, it kind of breaks into their world and mm-hmm. learns about what's going on and that this perfect society isn't really perfect at all, man. Yeah, they're sl- they, <laughs> they know everything, but they're miserable. It's like the yeah. internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was, it was, speaking of that, it's very funny. It's like they have these little communication rings that they speak to mm-hmm. and they speak to this thing called the... Uh, Tabernacle. Oh, tabernacle. tabernacle. Which is yeah. like this very advanced AI that keeps them alive. You know, if they kill themselves or die, it regenerates them. I'm a diamond man. <laughs> That's what I'm in. And they all have diamonds in their foreheads so yeah, they, can, right. they can they can speak to that's the tabernacle. That's how they're part of mm-hmm. this. Yeah, but these little rings have... is pretty much just like Siri. You know, totally watching is. this. It's like, Siri, what is that? Yeah, you but know. Siri still doesn't uh, give me a hologram projection. Yeah, it's true. And the movie does tons of fun stuff. Like, it's filled with wacky practical effects that are like done very off the cuff like like those rings that project and they keep projecting it on their faces mm-hmm. the giant floating head I love the head lots of mirrors that head looks awesome it looks really good and I was really surprised like as it was floating it's in it's just a miniature on wires mm-hmm. well I would assume so because none of it looked composited mm-hmm. or any of that stuff cool. and I was really and this was like 74 I think 73 73 74? yeah Borman was really he wasn't big into um, 
uh, opticals because mm-hmm. like even in Exorcist 2 he mostly used um, really old silent film techniques like mm-hmm. at one point someone catches fire and they use back in silent film time you have the same scene going somewhere else and you mirror the image onto the person That's right. it actually looks really good I mean John Borman people don't talk about it enough but he was like a huge cinephile he started a, a magazine called Projections oh, where it's hmm. like um, directors would interview each other uh, and stuff like, or like journals and stuff like that, and it's great. And oh, so, like, cool. you can see all those film influences in something like Zardoz. Yeah, it's very cool. And they shot it like the landscapes are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was shot, I think, close to his house in Ireland, probably like 10, <laughs> 10 miles away. He said, <laughs> yeah. "He's like, I don't want to leave my house. <laughs> eh, Want to be like fifteen minutes away." The production value is really good, and it was one million dollars. I think I read, yeah. which. I, even in 1972 or three, that's yeah. not a lot. No, right? especially coming after uh, Deliverance, which was a massive hit, and he could mm-hmm. basically do whatever he wanted. Which was funny, and then but Warner Brothers didn't want to do this movie, nope, so he had they to did go not. to 20th well, can century. Can you blame him? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you're not really. reading the script. Well, that's the thing, and that's the the one thing that I took away from this, and why I think I really liked it was I just appreciated that you'll never see a movie like mm-hmm. this get made these days. Swinging for the fences. No way. Especially not starring my favorite part of the movie. Sean Connery. Oh, he's great. Who, at the time, had just gotten out of being James Bond. I think he had one other role, but he was having difficulty being cast in anything. Mm -hmm. And originally, this was supposed to star Burt Reynolds. And (laughs) Burt Reynolds got sick and couldn't do it. And I think it would have felt weird if Burt Reynolds was at the center of it, because Burt Reynolds brings an ironic detachment, like a charm to everything he does. Yeah, like a kind of cockiness Mm -hmm. and sort of... I know know what you mean. The thing is, like, Sean... Not Sean... Yeah, Sean Connery actually has... His character has that but it's it's hard to describe why it's different because Mm -hmm. he starts off you know he's you know kind of like the dumb person and he's like very confused and then he slowly gets smarter but he has this kind of like you guys are crazy (laughs) like like but it's not like uh i'm better than you it's more just like i'm curious and i don't know it's hard to describe but he just like nails it yeah, and there's I'm a particular sure. yeah, there's a particular tone I think to his performance, and like everyone is uh, they're very earnest about their roles I think, and that's another thing I appreciate. But about yeah, it. I don't think that Burt Reynolds would be earnest. No, especially no, like, especially <laughs> if he uh, gets scared, stupid. <laughs> well, like, like you think that the end outfit, like... the, the end credits would just be all bloopers, like <laughs> <laughs> him and Dom DeLuise slapping well, one another. I just, I just got that scared, stupid thing. So. <laughs> I saw the gears clanking. <laughs> No, it's like the running gag. It's like I cannot see. You can see Burt Reynolds showing up at the costume fitting. He's like, yeah. uh, "I'm gonna wear what?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like no fucking way. Yeah, but then Sean Connery. You know, I feel like John Borman, probably the original Arthur, were all like naked or something like that. Yeah, and then probably. the studio heads like, "You gotta like take that back a little bit." He's like, "Okay, okay. It's How about right. just the package?" Yeah, because he man, plenty of nudity in this he movie. He's not wearing anything in this movie. There was one point at the very end where he actually put on a vest, and then April said like. Oh, he's wearing a vest now. And then he and he turned around and the chest is like cropped out all the way down to his belly button. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of a vest. I think he had like khakis on, but it was still revealing. Yeah. Mm. April what was your favorite part. <laughs> um, well, I wanted I I think that what I liked about it was the way that they uh, that the director, whoever, they kind of overcame the budgetary restrictions. Sometimes better than others, but like the projection stuff, like there's a scene where they have to teach Burt. Oh God, I almost called him Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Burt Connery. You just call him the Bandit. Zed. Zed. Zed is Sean Connery's name. They teach him everything in the world that they know, mm-hmm. and it's the sequence where they're just like these the cult people 
uh, in this black background and they just project stuff on their faces. They're like talking and singing and it just goes on and on and <laughs> One on. One is the loneliest <laughs> number. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But I was, you know, and they did that a lot. And also the the psychic battles where people are just like waving their fingers at each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Very boarding house, if you guys remember that movie. I do, yeah. I don't want to go to second space. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And, and, oh. Yeah. And sometimes it was really cheesy and corny. Yeah. But I like cheesy and corny stuff. And but they did like a sound effect like a ding whenever something like psychic would happen. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting. And like other parts not so much like the the supposedly indestructible plastic around the plants, which is just <laughs> oh, yeah. like like one step above saran saran wrap. But that that aside, you know That feels like a real like like editing note. They're, like they should be impressed that he or breaks just, out of it. How somebody off screen totally. goes. It's indestructible. Exactly. <laughs> That's because it's like we gotta make it look not yeah, cheap, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um but but yeah, like they did, some scenes are like, wow, like they have a giant like hall of mirrors or mm-hmm. the big like mirror table, like really good production value. But other times like I could see the limitations and I could see like the clever ways they were, you know, uh, kind of moving past that. Well, even like the first time he kind of uses, uh, he finds one of these uh, rings, these Siri rings, mm-hmm. and then he's kind of projecting, he asks a question and then it projects like information on the thing. And, you know, he's moving it around, but it can't be coming from his... Hand. hand so yeah. there's somebody timing it timing cool. it off screen yeah they keep like pointing it at their faces and you'll see like close yeah. up of an eye it's very well like done that. it's very effective mm-hmm. and it's just very kind of simple and good well, old school trickery is, all you need to do is just have a voiceover and that's supposed to come from the ring that's mm-hmm. supposed to be this you know crystal or this machine talking to him and uh yeah it was really great and like also like i wasn't a huge fan of the costumes of the eternals just because it was just it was so 1970 mm-hmm. like uh uh, same year Jesus Christ Superstar came out. Sorry it to keep bringing like it up. It's the same thing. costumes. Yeah. It's all these pastels and peasanty things. And I just, I would have preferred if it was a little more futuristic, but it was colorful and that was nice. The whole movie was rather colorful. So are you like saying that. you didn't like the costumes of Jesus Christ Superstar? I liked it in Jesus Christ Superstar, but I wasn't a huge fan of it here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, costumes designed, I think, by John Borman's wife. Yes. I saw, yeah, at the very beginning. It was a family affair every time they made a movie. He would even yeah. edit his films in Ireland. Like, he wouldn't let yeah, that's it right. be done in Hollywood. Yeah, and like his kid. I think mm-hmm. like Charlie Borman's in this and like three mm-hmm. other kids that he has are, are in And it. John Borman is the guy that gets uh, shot in the head when he's uh, ma- uh, yeah, on the beach. <laughs> making, uh, uh, he's like mining for wheat. <laughs> mining for that. wheat. Like in the wheat mining for wheat. Uh, like caught in the meat, the wheat mines, the wheat <laughs> yeah. mines. Of I can see April saying it in her eye. She's like, "Oh no, I'm going down the wrong path. I gotta finish this." <laughs> well, and then she, and then she's like, "Wait, I edit this show. I can just yeah. cut that out I later." Have control. <laughs> Farming for wheat. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, did you say a favorite part, Colin? I have not. I've yet to be asked. No. What's your favorite part? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> Classic shtick. Uh, I want to say like the, I, I love the photography and the, just some of the vistas and the look of it I thought was really nice. And I was kind of reading up on the director of photography, like the kind of technique he used for this film. It was mm. like, everything had the, like sort of haze filter on it. Mm. And apparently he would shoot the camera uh, wide open, the aperture mm-hmm. wide open and with like a, a mist camera or a, a haze filter yeah, in front of the camera. Yeah, it's called Pro Mist, I believe. Right. And then they said it looked really good uh, in the original film, but once they went to duplicate it for 
theaters, yeah. it looked so bad that the studio forbade any cinematographer from that day forward of using that technique again. That pro mist filter appears a lot in like Vil- Vilmo Zygmunt's work, mm-hmm. like on McCabe and Mrs. Miller, like Brian De Palma's uh, oh, okay. late 70s and 80s film. Yeah. Have that kind of like pro mist, like everything soft. Yeah, it had a very particular look that I kind of liked. And just the production design I thought was very kind of cool. And it's exactly all the sort of stuff I like from trippy 70s mm-hmm. sci-fi. I mean, this was also shot by the guy who did 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh. And according to Wikipedia, it says that Stanley Kubrick was a technical advisor, whatever that means. Yeah. Oh, God, uh, somebody commented on that today. I think the only uh, contact that they had was on phone. Like mm-hmm. I think John Borman, uh, John Borman may have called him for some uh, mm. advice or something like that. Huh. Uh, and apparently they be- became friends just via like phone calls. Yeah, Kubrick didn't leave his house. He's yeah. like, I-, I need to stay inside where it's perfection. And then John Borman's like, well, I don't leave my house in Ireland. So <laughs> <laughs> looks like we're just going to have to talk on the phone. Yeah, and we became best phone pals. Oh. The music was really good too. Mm. Um, lots of good use of the, the Beethoven symphony and just general, you know, you had some kind of crazy kind of kooky sci-fi stuff but also the you know more more symphonic stuff Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day two thumbs up not a bad movie yeah i like this a lot even though people assume it is because they assume it's a big silly trashter piece i i always did well like the opening scene which i heard was added later that said audiences aren't going to understand it with the floating head not the stone head the 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 guy with the painted on beard he's like explaining what he is (laughs) and what his people and were i was i was a little worried Mm -hmm. i was like what the fuck is this what you're about to see yeah. is an entertainment it's like yeah. the beginning of dune yeah that's like, exactly what why i thought does it keep fading out and yeah. fading back in aren't you done yet <laughs> but yeah like honestly after like 10 minutes like once he like starts to really like just dis- discover like these people and mm-hmm. uh it really i was i was hooked mm. you know i was i was interested and it's a really interesting and good concept yeah it's got a lot of good like themes going on and yeah. you know sort of talking points it's got a lot on its mind and a lot of things that it wants to say. What would you have done if you had seen Zardoz instead of Face Off as a child, April? (laughs) Would you have gotten obsessed with this movie, drawing Sean Connery in his dog? I'm surprised I have avoided it uh, this long, but I'm not so sure, I'm not 100% sure it would have resonated with me as a high schooler. Right, right. Uh, It is a very high schooler movie, though. Like, like, look at these heavy themes, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't you get it? It's like 2001 for the pot-smoking crowd. Yeah, it's like, they're almost living the Eternals are almost living in like a hippie commune or something like it's that. It's very hippie commune. Yeah. Only they're psychic. Yeah, and they can't uh, they can't get their dicks hard anymore because they're they've lost yeah. uh, any knowledge of it's, it, it's interesting though how like there's the I love that there's the three different factions of mm-hmm. the Eternals. There's the people who are just full like cult members essentially, and then you have the apathetics who are just basically people who are so depressed they can't move. Like me. <laughs> and then the third one. The third one is old old people. What are they called? The uh, uh, the renegades. The renegades. I was setting that up because I was pointing to Colin. <laughs> yeah, because their their punishment is they uh, the cult member. They are aged a hundred years or whatever, and then uh, destined to live in you know for eternity with uh, Alzheimer's, with uh, and, being senile. And it looks I like it's a party. It. it made me think of like, eh, how does it feel that it's New Year's Eve every hour? Please yeah. kill me. Please kill me. <laughs> with these like cheap streamers like hanging, which I think was intentional because I mm. think it was supposed to look junky. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to mention is the special the. Uh, 
what do you call it? Special effects for the face, makeup effects. Oh yeah, because you've got um, aged aged people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not just the very scene at the very end, but the guy where half his face was aged. Oh yeah, I was surprised friend. how good that looked. That actually looked really good. I was like, whoa. Oh, I was gonna say my favorite part could have been when Sean Connery turns into a skeleton at the end. <laughs> did you it. did you read they had to shoot that three times? Yeah, yeah. they kept losing the footage. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Sean like Connery a, keeps stealing and it. They were really no, he mad. Was, he was so pissed off because it took so long. Because there's mm-hmm. there's one point I think it's like the the frame before they turn mm-hmm. into skeletons <laughs> where Charlotte Rampling looks like an alien. <laughs> like she, she does, was. and that's why they look so angry because they were like they made us do this. This is the third times. fucking time, Borman. I almost want to be like, can't, can't they have like cut their beards or something like that? Like when you go into old age, you just let your hair grow. <laughs> they as sit long in as the cave can. and they didn't move for a hundred years. <laughs> oh, this is rather boring. <laughs> and then they turn into a skeleton, which I assume jumped up and danced. Well, Charlotte Rampling was a babe in this. I've only seen her in stuff recently, you know, as a 70 plus year old woman, very, very good actress, but I didn't like how she just, she spent the entire movie hating Zed, and then at the very end, she's just like, oh, I'm in love with you, Uh, let's be together forever. Mm -hmm. I was like... Well, maybe she saw it as the the only way that they could sort of uh, live their life maybe. as normal people and continue the human mm-hmm. race. Well, the only way she could survive. But it, it, they made it seem like she like had the hots for him at the very end, and it was like, uh, no, she hated. You know him. what? She hated him from the beginning, or she loved him from the beginning. Sorry, <laughs> well, because classic uh, during, Colin and his loved ones during, relationship. Uh, during that scene where she shows him pornography and he's not turned on by it, but he gets a boner just by looking at her. I think that's what happened in that. Scene, that was a right? great. That was a great scene, by the way. They're like pointing at the the flat acid penis diagram they're like we don't understand how it goes from this (laughs) yeah i was like oh "Oh, can you show this on television (laughs) Uh, speaking of what you can show on television the second movie that we watched based on a television show that none of us have seen right um i may have seen like just clips from it but i know of it i know Mm, the avengers It's the Avengers. The Avengers. Oh man, I love Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, I the love. Hulk. I- yeah, man. What like uh, uh, my other favorite Avenger, Uma Thurman, and oh uh, um, yeah, John Steed. I uh, can't say his name. Rafe. Uh, Rafe Joseph Fiennes. Fi- uh, Rafe Fiennes. Rafe. Yeah. Rafe. He's not a <laughs> Wave. Fiennes. It's- Wait a minute, Joseph. We hired Rafe. <laughs> I want to clear this up for anybody listening. It's Rafe. R- He's a go. Written Ralph. But it's pronounced Rafe. Yeah. But you know, cha- so people, it sounds like people are calling him Ray Fines, mm-hmm. but it's Rafe oh, yeah. Fines. Ray Fines. Mm-hmm. I've heard yes. that. It's because he changed it after Wreck It Ralph came out. He did not <laughs> want to be associated with it. No, he was supposed to be originally, he was supposed to be called Wreck It Rafe. <laughs> <laughs> Is that and, how they said it in London? Yeah. And then they. Hello, hello, it's Wreck It Rafe. <laughs> yeah. And then they, it became like a, a movie set in the US, and they're like, oh, we got to change it to Ralph. Well, maybe and then he's it's like, like, I'm a out. Gaelic thing. Uh, mm. I believe so. Yeah, but isn't there like a British actor whose name is Rafe and it's spelled R A F E. Rafe Spall. Yeah, the guy in Jurassic World too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he's in, from a different part of England. I, I think guess. the Edgar Wright movies. He's yes, one. Of, he's he one is. of the he's Andes. He's the one who's. He's the one who's like you got red on you in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, and uh, one of the Andes with the, the mm. mustaches. Mm. All right, so the Avengers from the uh, bristling enthusiasm mm. in our voice, you can tell Boy. how much we enjoyed it. Well, this is a weird one because I remember seeing the trailer. You know, in ninety four. Ninety. 98 yeah, later, oh my god yeah, and were you like super excited when you saw the trailer I was like, just like I you, can't wait I was just like wow this looks kind of cool and you know I was vaguely aware of the TV show I kind of liked a lot of British shows at that point you know like <laughs> Doctor Who and The oh, Prisoner that was Colin's like British period he's like I got my BBC VHS tapes yeah he did I wore like a Doctor Who scarf everywhere it was like <laughs> 
It's 35 feet long. Oh, boy. No, I didn't. And so uh, I, did you see it or did you skip it? No, I skipped it because all the movie the reviews came out and they were mm. terrible. So I knew I really didn't know anything about it other than it was awful. And I've always seen it on people's, you know, top 10 worst movies of all time. Blah, blah, blah. It was a huge financial bomb. Uh, it, the cover of um, Rafe Fiends and um, Uma Thurman in her cat suit was yeah. on the back of Every comic book, I guess around 98 <laughs> when it came out. Yeah, that poster was everywhere. It was on every bus, every streetcar. So that's where they put their advertising into children's yeah. comic books. I mean, yeah. I, the two ads that you saw in the back of every comic book was the Avengers and Cool World. <laughs> cool World. We should do that for the podcast. Another movie that nobody saw. Yep. A little too adult, just like the Avengers. Oh, and by boring. adult, I mean confusing, and I have no idea what's going on. Very, very boring. dull. Dull. <laughs> this is a movie that famously uh, the original cut was 150 minutes long mm-hmm. and the studio panicked and they cut it down to 90 minutes rendering it pretty incomprehensible yeah it kind of starts out and I gotta say like in the first 10 minutes I was kind of digging it mm-hmm. like the style just the way it's shot and the kind of tone you know you like well, it starts with a really fun scene where yeah. um Ralph Fiend. Oh my god. I think it's Fiend. Yes, it's Rafe Fiend. Rafe Fiend. If he's a Rafe, he's probably Jesus a Fiend Christ. as well. Oh my god. Um, he walks through like a little English village yeah. and the joke is that everyone is like a villain that attacks him and he has to find a clever way to get around it. They're out to kill him. And it turns out to be like a training sequence. You know, he's training. He works mm-hmm. at the Ministry of it's, Magic. It's, it's got... <laughs> you miss the baby? You miss the blind man? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a milkman and he just breaks some bottles and starts coming at him with the broken glass if the movie had more of that instead of nothing (laughs) yeah you know and i was was really liking it i'm like you know maybe this got a bad rap and we're kind of rediscovering this movie a real hudson hawk yeah (laughs) Ooh, this is no hudson hawk (laughs) no this is more like hudson shit (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) put it on the poster (laughs) so yeah uma thurman gets introduced and we had no idea who she was we had no idea what the thread of the movie is. Mm-hmm. Because they're British, they're very non-pulsed about everything. So they just kind yeah. of like don't react. They're just unaffected. He's mm-hmm. very kind of, everyone's laissez-faire about and everything. That's supposed to be funny. No, There's supposed British. to be like um, like quips between both of them. And yeah. it feels like they were CG'd in and they're just playing to no one. Yeah. It's just, just no really chemistry. Just zero chemistry. Yeah, like they, near the beginning of the movie, the two leads have like a sword fight and they're like being polite and saying like, oh, I'd go do this and blah. Um, they're just it's it's like have, we're having a conversation but we're sword fighting so mm-hmm. it's supposed to be sexy but they just have no chemistry mm-hmm. and that was like the most action we'll see in this movie mm-hmm. in, for the next like 40 minutes or so yeah. like nothing Whoa, happens hey, they fight giant cg um wasps I say, what does that have to do with anything i don't know what does any scene have to do with anything in this movie but it's not crazy enough that's the no. issue like it's not batman and robin style oh, it's not wish. funny enough no i never thought i'd be pining for batman and robin <laughs> well yeah. we couldn't stop thinking about it because of uma thurman <laughs> yeah, and so then there's, there's all this ice stuff that happens later which is they, basically the plot that mr freeze did happens at the end of this movie <laughs> we, we, we just we discovered that batman and robin came out before this right one year before <laughs> and april was yeah. like uma thurman took on the avengers she's like want to get that batman and yeah. robin stuff behind me <laughs> never again <laughs> and really, like, she's much more well-known for that. I mean, I think most people, even now, have not seen this movie. No, this is Nor one of those ones they. that is <laughs> thankfully completely forgettable. And it's, you know, 
easy to see why. Like I had heard of it, but I don't even remember like it coming out. I feel but, like yeah. Guy Pierce and Memento right now. I'm like, hold on to it, hold on to it. So <laughs> yeah. you can talk about I know, it. I can barely remember <laughs> oh, what happened. That, that explains your Avengers tattoo that you've got on your shoulder. <laughs> I'll be a better. It's like you've seen this movie. Don't watch it again. <laughs> I love the Avengers. Well, who's the guy in the bowler hat? Yeah, that's right. So Tim remember, um, don't forget Sean Connery, you guys. Uh, the reason we watch this movie. <laughs> no, so the reason we watch this movie is Justin. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I want, you know, I sh- we should watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I went, ah, no, Colin probably worked on that movie. <laughs> he probably doesn't like <laughs> well, it. Well, it did suck. Well, like, we don't always have to do, like, a theme movie, but it does kind of help, like, t- or, or a theme podcast. Yeah. But it does yeah. kind of help, like, tie it together. And wasn't Avengers on, like, your shelf of movies for, for us no, to do? it was another film that we'll do in a future episode. <laughs> yeah, Avengers. I'm like, can't wait to take this Blu-ray off the shelf that I bought, I assume, in my Avenger blackout. Out. Well, I, was, I have like 10 copies. I thought oh, maybe so you had it set aside. No. <laughs> I assumed, I honestly thought I was talking to a friend today and uh, she, we watched the trailer at work. We we're kind of like, oh my God. And then and your uh, hair was blown back like yeah, the guy was, in the um, CD like, ad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, how are you watching this? And they said, oh, I assume Justin's bringing a Blu-ray. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's got a copy of everything. This is no. not on Blu-ray. No. I had never seen it. And uh, well, it is available on iTunes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sean Connor. Connery is Sean Connery. He seems sleepy, but himself at the same time. He yeah. plays like a freaky plant guy who ends Sir, up controlling the weather. Sir August de Winter. Mm. Is that his name? That's his, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's one plot point that like, like a rapper. We were scared. <laughs> <laughs> what? August de Winter, yo. A knighted rapper. Oh, oh, man. Remember that Martin Lawrence film where he goes back in time? Oh, Black Knight. Black Knight. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, God. I remember I was in high school and someone said, that's my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And I went, what? Nice to meet you. My name's Justin. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> I did mention to someone a couple months ago that, oh, I, I have tickets to see Avengers. And she goes, oh, like the, the Ray Fiennes Uma Thurman movies? No. She, made, she was making a joke, but oh. the point is, people do know this movie. How often has she made that joke? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You come with the car? <laughs> it was the first time I met this person. No way. Were you buying a movie ticket? You're like, no. one for Avengers, please. And they're like, oh, the man. Ray Fiennes. No, April turned around in the line. Uma Thurman movie. April turned around in the ticket line, and it was like this 80-year-old lady she was talking to. Watched it live on television. Oh, the one based on my favorite TV show. It's me. I was the actor in it, and for some reason, I'm a witch. (laughs) The original Mrs. Peel. Yeah. I don't remember what her name is. Uh, Emma Peel. Yes, no, but the actor's name. Oh, uh, hold on. Cut this pause out. Uh, uh, Dame Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg, yeah. Yeah, who you might know from uh, the episode of Extras, (laughs) where uh, Harry Potter was in. Oh, Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a role that was obviously meant to be played by her uh, in this movie that oh, it's yeah. not her. Oh, she oh probably, the other, the old, the yeah. old woman? Yeah. yeah. The other character in the original Avengers plays an invisible man. Yeah, Patrick McNee. Which is so out of <laughs> character with the rest of the film. Yeah, speaking of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it just made us pine for like 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm like, wow, you know, this movie, this movie was a little wackier. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe uh, he couldn't come to set. 
So they were like, well, let's do an Invisible Man gag. I think he was 93 years old or yeah. something like that. Like he so was he very maybe old. couldn't. You yeah. Know? That's the age Mickey Rooney was when he passed away. Uh, R.I.P. I mean, this Jeez. film ends with like two giant action climaxes. We were so bored. These characters are Ugh. getting knocked out so often in this film. Yeah, it's hilarious. Okay, so my favorite part, I got to get through this, is... Um, <laughs> There's a bunch of bear suits. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's my favorite part. I think that's the one thing that everybody would bring up when you think of this mm-hmm. movie and like all the reviews would mention like there's this scene with everyone's wearing wacky bear suits for some yeah. reason. It's the one thing I remembered. They're furries. Yeah, um, and that's pretty much like as wacky as it gets. Yeah. It, like that's like Eddie Izzard and Uma Thurman have a fight in like the lamest CG backdrop. Eddie <laughs> Izzard speaking, you know, he's got a cool look to him. Like mm-hmm. everything kind of has my this. job. Yeah. You know, this like 60s mod look, uh, even though it's present day. He says, I think he says one word. Yeah, that's like, a joke. He yeah. says one word. He doesn't talk. But uh, there is three actors from Harry Potter in this, which I was expecting there to be more. So yeah. that's your favorite part, April? <laughs> no, I actually like the CGI bees, which were not CGI for about half the time. Half uh, is being generous. Yeah, I'd say I, for I, like maybe I, six I, shots. We were kind of making fun of it because there were some shots where it looked really bad, but I actually thought it looked pretty good. And anytime that it was practical, it looked good. We should look up who did the special effects. Uh, oh my God, Colin Cunningham. <laughs> he like raises no. his arm and has an Avengers tattoo. But when no, we it's say like, bees, they're it's like stranger huge. things. It's all the goosebumps in the back of my neck. I don't know if yeah. yeah. Anytime, Stop reaching up and touching it Anytime already. someone mentions a movie I worked on. Have you seen the, that Black Mirror episode with the mechanical bees? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not yeah. like that. <laughs> they're huge. They're giant. They're like the size of a laptop or bigger. Yeah, um, I, and they're flying around. I've seen worse, but you have to realize this was nice. Yeah. I think it looks pretty good for 98. Yeah. I liked how April looked around the room and she's like, size of the only thing in her vision. She's like, size of Justin? No, too big. Yeah. What were they about this? A, a pillow maybe? Button. I don't know. Yeah. Bigger than an iPad. An ice cube. I mean, whoever has a Google search for um, a Google alert for the CGI bees and the Avengers looks good. We'll be very happy to hear this. April. Yeah, CGI yeah. and practical. Because like I said, there was a lot of practicals in there. You know, when it fell on the ground at the end, and they were like on their car um, and there were some explosions but they all they were all lame yeah it's all lame like yeah. it, it, the movie ends with like a big sword fight and like a water tank and it's a huge set and we were like well, you know, I gotta say uh, okay well I gotta say my favorite thing mm. uh, was again probably gonna be the production design costumes I think as far as it, they kind of captured this cool 60s mod tone without it being obnoxious mm. I wish the movie had kind of, you know, we were saying the sword fight at the end in this sort of gigantic set. It's mm-hmm. really, really big. Cool production design. Just, you really don't care at that yeah. point. Like, nothing in this movie. Well, maybe it's because they shot it like a modern day action movie. It didn't have any kind of campy, moddy anything. <laughs> It was bland. They could have pushed it a bit more. And I mm. think like the costumes definitely had that feel. There was only certain sets that kind of had that, you know, vibe. Yeah. You should have had like a phone in his shoe or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like when they leave Jim Broadbent, who is in a wheelchair, top toppled over in the snow. And he's like, don't worry about me. Go save Uma Thurman. It's like, no, um, write me, uh, you know, like uh, lift me up and get me on my wheels. And then I won't just be lying in the snow for yeah, the Yeah, he's lying of face first in a pile of like freezing Smoking snow. Smoking a cigarette because they're so casual about things. That's well, what's supposed I mean, to be like, funny. A miniature of Big Ben explodes and we're like, meh. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's it's, they destroy Big Ben. It just wars down. It, it, I do think like Uma Thurman and uh, Ray. Fon- I was gonna say, fuck. Never mind. <laughs> <Beans>. <laughs> Ray Fiennes. Uh, Ray Fiennes. I I like. Uh, but it's just uh, uh, he, he's, Joseph. he's doing a fine job, but there's <laughs> really like nothing. Joseph, there's I've... nothing in the script to you know to, <laughs> with, for them to work with. No. Remember when we? Uh, so I watched these like GQ videos, um, which is a lot like that video we watched uh, like an hour ago, where they talk about like the roles that they made me famous. Blah blah blah. So uh, there's a lot of interesting ones. A lot of them are really good, and the Ray finds one. <laughs> Rafe finds was so boring and I and I was so disappointed because I was like yes I can't wait to hear him talk about all these roles that I've seen him play and he was just like so bland and not interesting and he didn't have anything interesting to say and like maybe he wasn't feeling well I understand but it was just like he didn't have anything interesting all to, his to classic say. roles from uh, the, English the English Patient, Patient the ha- Avengers Red Dragon Harry yeah. Potter I don't think he talked about the Avengers which is they, which they is weird because well for, I gotta say I think he's a Fantastic actor. Me too. I, I, I love no him. Joseph. Uh, I don't think I've seen Joseph in anything. Shakespeare, uh, Shakespeare in Love. love. Never seen it. <gasps> Never Did seen you see, it. Uh, Elizabeth. Nope. He was in that. It came out the same year, I think. And he played just, the same did character. You see the unreleased um, TV episode where he played Michael Jackson. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Whoa! I, I need to see that. Yeah, that was, was shut released. down. Never uh, released. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ah, my mic is attacking me. No, your pop stopper. <laughs> yeah. I, trying to lighten things up. <laughs> I can't think of anything else Joseph finds in. He was in that like sleazy, sexy movie with Heather Graham that we watched the trailer oh, for. Uh, killing, killing, killing me, me softly. softly. Uh, I, I've seen it. It's really bad. He was also in that Jesus movie where he plays the guard that has to investigate CSI style. It's called Risen. What? Yeah, that Jesus is born or not directed by the director of Waterworld. Kevin Reynolds. Oh my God, are you kidding? Not very good, yeah. Really, you don't say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, there is nothing in this movie. (laughs) Nope. Sean Connery is lifted up into the air by a lightning bolt, (laughs) and it was still boring. Yeah, he does not gain any powers when he's struck by lightning. The thing about this, yeah, which I wish that would happen, (laughs) but uh, the thing about this movie is Sean Connery walks into the UN or whatever it is. This is probably an hour into the movie or maybe even more mm-hmm. and then he's like this is my grand plan i'm gonna you know i can control the weather i'm gonna freeze everybody and drown them unless you pay me money it's like that should be in your first act the villain should say oh, we forgot to mention there's two uma thurmans that's what the whole <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. What the whole first half of the movie is about well, how are there two mrs peels you and it leads to nothing we only figured out that we're clones by me reading the imdb <laughs> description yeah it's like she comes and goes from the movie there's no reason for it yeah is it even explained because no. we don't know we don't know or care who she is so the fact that there's two of her it, it's like it's, it's supposed to be shocking to us but it wasn't because we didn't care yeah, yeah. just like she didn't care about the accent she was trying to pull off no oh, it yeah. kind of comes and goes mm-hmm. yeah um, but they do drink tea in a moving cart yeah hey, they're they drink they're, tea they're, six times in this movie they're english <laughs> and they thanks keep, imdb trivia yeah they keep mentioning it oh mm-hmm. oh that was me that entered that on imdb trivia <laughs> are you are you an imdb trivia head yeah. While we were watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, one, one two, three. Yeah, you guys were talking. I'm like, shut up, shut up. Two, tea. three, four, <laughs> tea. five. I mean, people don't know that Colin loves tea. <laughs> oh my God, I drink his, it all the time. Little na- his middle name, his little name, <laughs> is Colin T. Cunningham. And <laughs> the T stands for tea. <laughs> 
I don't mind tea. Hey, what's your favorite tea flavor, you guys? Oh, oh we're really, we're really, It's really T-Cast and T-Dot. Really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, I like uh, Earl Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, The tea or the earl uh, Oh Come on guys Let's wrap this up <laughs> I put the gun on the table Let's end this Please <laughs> Well obviously we loved uh, Love Zardoz mm-hmm. And I would totally recommend Everybody To buy it um, We watched a really Really good uh, copy yeah, It was Maybe a good Maybe the best coffee Copy out there I don't know <laughs> Well it was gas, Not coffee <laughs> Um, what was the Blu-ray distribution company? Uh, Twilight Time. It's a limited edition, so it probably goes for about fifty bucks if you yeah. want to pick it up. I, bor- I borrowed it, but it's uh, it's out there. Like it's on. It's you can probably iTunes. rent it on iTunes. I never checked. Mm, probably. I, I am sure you. It's could. got to be around, man. Mm-hmm. This is a a cult classic. This is yeah. a, a bad movie classic. Yeah, everybody, which it's not. give it a chance. You know, if you like weird sci-fi concepts, you know, from the 1970s that uh, have philosophy and fantasy and uh, uh, mostly naked Sean Connery in it. Whoa, naked Sean Connery. <laughs> he's he's an not... uncut Blu-ray. <laughs> oh yeah, uncut is right. Well, the blue <laughs> Sean Connery. The Blu-ray yeah. wasn't the only thing that was uncut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And after that, check out John Borman's other malign sequel or, or film. Oh, Heretic. To oh, the Heretic. That's the Heretic. something we should maybe do on the podcast. Yeah, I got to check that out. Um, but you know what? This is my first John Borman movie. Um, should I watch... Uh, Point Blank. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I, Point I Blank is say, great. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, Point Blank is Lee Marvin. Really good. He also did Excalibur. Yeah, yeah. Excalibur is another one um, my dad really wants me to watch, um, which uh, sounds good. I looked at the cast list and everything. I was like, oh. Yeah, but, it's got everybody uh, in it. Deliverance is that worth watching? It's it's good. Yeah, yeah it's I really good. like it's it. It's a famous, it is famous yeah. movie. People don't talk about that Excalibur actually like kickstarted the sword and sorcery genre in the eighties. Oh. That's what mm. led to Conan and Beastmaster. Oh, and, cool! Oh, nice. The sword uh, and the sorcerer. sorcerer. Yeah. yeah, love that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and don't watch Avengers. I mean, uh, we, we <laughs> don't we, waste your time. The Avengers. We mentioned some things. I, 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 because we're not fans of the show, I have no idea if it's faithful to the show. I'm guessing not. But if you, I guess, were a fan of the original 1960s version and you want to check it out, maybe you get something out of it. Yeah, the show ran for like eight years. Uh, I, Whoa. Yeah. So um, this movie, this movie, this movie never got a sequel, which tells you something. Uh, but yeah, so. Check it out if you want to. Um, and if you want to email us, we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. And you can tweet at us at no such thing pod. Uh, and we have a Patreon at, at patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie, I believe. And we just released a uh, extra Q&A episode uh, last week, which was an hour-long bonus content uh, Q&A because we did a Q&A episode last week. And then we talked uh, a little more about our personal lives on the uh, Patreon Q&A. So sign up for that if you want to know how uh, how we came to be where we are today. My mother <laughs> met my father. They fell deeply in love. And then... I killed yeah. myself and Zardoz <laughs> reconstructed me. $5 a month if you're interested in that. Uh, you can find me at uh, DeClue J on Twitter, uh, Justin DeClue on Letterboxd, every week at the Important Cinema Club podcast. And yep, that's pretty much it. Colin? Uh, I'm at Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A, mm-hmm. on Twitter. And I believe... Instagram? Instagram. Might be the same. I don't know. Snapchat? <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of me, so I don't know. Oh, no. I can't double check my, my Instagram. We all love Sean and Connery, and I wish him a happy 89th birthday this year. 
Is he yeah. 89? He's turning 89 this year. Oh, April, how can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, uh, right. I'm at April at Mansky. <laughs> there how, you can, go. how can people follow Sean Connery on Twitter? Hey, don't we have a Twitter as well? Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned the No Such Thing pod Twitter. Oh, God. I'm losing my mind. Thank yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, the Jesus. The Avengers killed us. It's like uh, sucked yeah. all the energy out of us. Uh, anyway... Um, <laughs> oh God! It did. It, I was only joking, but it really did. Well, it's been it's been fun. Uh, we love Sean Connery. Uh, I'm April Advansky. Famous famous woman slapper Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, oh God! God. <laughs> God. Well, it, uh, I'm April Advansky. <laughs> I'm Justin the Glue, and I'm Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. And also remember, guns are good. The penis, penis is evil. Evil. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right, Colin and Justin. Yep. I'm snipping it off right now. <laughs> ah!